It's time for Decal Download, your source for news and information from the Georgia Department of Early Care and Learning. We'll hear from Commissioner Amy M. Jacobs and special guests to give you an update on all things Decal. This is Decal Download. Downloading now. And welcome back to Decal Download. I'm Reg Griffin, Chief Communications Officer here at the Georgia Department of Early Care and Learning. For the fourth consecutive year, Decal has named Georgia's pre-K program Teachers of the Year, recognizing a winner from a local public school system and a winner from a private child care center. This is one small way to recognize the outstanding contributions of teachers in this nationally recognized high-quality early childhood education program. And we are thrilled to have joining us today to talk about Teacher of the Year recognition, Heather Williams and Jonathan Hines, our 2019-2020 Pre-K Teachers of the Year. Heather is from Central Georgia Technical College, the Larry O'Neill Child Development Center in Warner Robins. Jonathan is from the Barack H. Obama Elementary Magnet School of Technology in DeKalb County, and they are joined uh, by their chaperone for the pre-K here. <laughs> that is Megan McNeil, Summer Transition and Outreach Manager for Georgia's pre-K program. Guys, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Good to have you all here. Megan, do you feel like the chaperone for the Teachers of the Year? I do. I feel like their scheduling assistant and their chaperone. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't chaperoned very much, actually, but scheduling assistant for sure. So you meet them early in the process because we choose six finalists yes. that are narrowed down to... Uh, two. Two right? winners, yes. Yeah, so you meet all six. We do. We meet all six in the spring, um, and I feel like I've already gotten to know them through their applications that they write in and get to read all their answers to their questions, and then we go out and surprise them with their finalist visit, and I get to meet them there, and then we go back um, early in September to announce the winners and get to meet them again. Right. Remind us a little bit, you've been on before to talk about Teacher of the Year, but remind us a little bit about what all they had to do. This is not just a you don't send in a postcard and we draw it out of a barrel. You've really got to prove yourself here. So the first round of the application is, um, or the process, is that the teachers will submit an application which includes a lot of information about themselves and then questions that they answer um, about what they're doing in the classroom, what they're doing in their community, um, and other interesting information about themselves. And then um, we select our finalists based on those applications. They're scored and reviewed um, by folks that are not DECAL employees. Um, and so it's truly a non-biased um, setting. And so those are scored, reviewed, and then we select our winners based on those, I'm sorry, the finalists based on those scores. Then um, when they come back to school in August, we bombard them right away and make <laughs> them do all sorts of stuff. Um, but they do have to um, go through three other components of the process. So one is they receive a class observation visit in their classroom by a pre-K consultant. And that person um, will go in and, and observe them for um, about a two-hour period of them interacting with children in their classroom. So they're scored on that. Then they also submit a small group video to us that is scored by outside folks. And then they also um, will come into our office and have a face-to-face -face interview with a panel of folks um, that are not in pre-K either. And so based on all three components is how we choose the winner. Wow. No pressure. No pressure. Classroom <laughs> observation, panel interview. That's wild. Um, remind us again what they received. What did Heather and Jonathan receive for being Teachers of the Year? So they each received, well, they received $500 when they um, were awarded as a finalist. So they got a $500 check. And then when they were uh, awarded the winner status, they received a $3,000 check for themselves. And what did y'all do with that money, by the way? 
the three thousand. Yeah, I did started you do my first special? savings account. You did oh, good for <laughs> you. Yes, I did. And Jonathan, um, I spent a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> little Save bit. some for Christmas, yes. hopefully. Um, and then the school receives two thousand um, dollars for the classroom, so that they can do a makeover or buy whatever they might need for the classroom. Um, and really, we want the teachers to help decide what that classroom gets. And we don't, we don't care. It's whatever is going to be good for students, or if they need to replace items, it can go towards that. And then the school also receives $2,500 to cover the cost of out-of-the-classroom activities for the teacher, which so far a... they've been here a lot and right. have been out of the classroom a lot. So they receive um, money to cover the cost of any travel, if they have any overnight accommodations, if they have to take a flight somewhere, whatever they might need to do in order to get um, the job of teacher of the year completed. Right. That's great. A lot to remember, but a lot involved. Yeah. And by the way, I guess we need to give a shout out to the sponsor yes. who helps pay for all of yeah. that. Yeah, so it's, um, with the help of Stephanie Blank and the Nasirian Foundation, we were able to start this program up in 2015 was our first application that we released. And um, we had talked about it for years and finally were able to partner with her. And she's been a huge supporter of ours and it's been awesome. Yeah. Just so, folks, if you're listening and you're impressed with it, you're hearing all this money floating around. We're not yeah. using lottery dollars no. or taxpayer dollars. It's all from the foundation. And yes. So appreciated. Well, let's hear about our Teachers of the Year for this year. Heather and Jonathan, you guys are both young, but we'd like to know, tell us about your careers so far in early childhood education up to this point. Heather, we'll start with you. Well, I took an alternate route to become a pre-K teacher. I went to college for psychology and was interested in a career in child development or child psychology. Well, after college, I ended up becoming a behavioral therapist for children with autism and other Mm. developmental disabilities. And somehow from there, I ended up at Central Georgia Tech in the Child Development Center, originally teaching three-year-olds. But I was always looking for the next challenge, so I went back to school, got an additional degree in early childhood education. I passed the Georgia assessment for the certification of educators and I became a pre-K teacher and I've been there for over 10 years now. 10 years. Mm -hmm. Wow. I had (laughs) no idea. Okay. Uh, Jonathan, I've heard rumors that you were thinking maybe about a career in in sports. (laughs) So my journey is a little different. Um, It started when I went overseas to play basketball. Um, I, I love basketball, so I thought that was my goal. Uh, after a few years overseas, I wanted to come back home and do something th- different. I thought maybe health and PE, uh, but at the time, that job wasn't available. So I started off as a para in a pre-K classroom, which is the assistant teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, I learned all the ins and outs of how the pre-K classroom is supposed to look. Um, when the job came available to become a health and PE teacher, I turned it down because of the love that I had for four-year-olds, and I became the lead teacher. So this is my fifth year inside of the pre-k classroom my first two years i was the para and the last couple of years i the lead teacher okay um where are you originally from i'm from atlanta Georgia. from atlanta yes. okay and what about you heather We'll go with Perry, Georgia. Perry, Georgia, <laughs> because your actual town is too Elko, small. Elko, yes. <laughs> Elko, Georgia. <laughs> I love it when folks are from South Georgia outside of metropolitan area. It's almost like, well, the nearest town is, mm-hmm. you know. So where are you? I'm from Elko, which is south of Perry. I've um, never heard of that. And That's... everybody knows Perry because of the Georgia National Fair. Sure. So it's just easier. Okay. <laughs> I love it. Um, I still can't believe you've been doing anything for 10 years. It's just amazing. I can't believe it either. Yeah. <laughs> but both your stories are, are really great. So let's talk about the experience of being Teacher of the Year. 
Um, what's it been like uh, so far, Jonathan? Oh, so far it has been amazing because my students get the opportunity to be displayed on a national level. We have been on Channel 2, Channel 11. Uh, we have been on the radio stations. The last big event was been on the Kelly Clarkson Show, which will air January the 12th. 12th or 13th or something like that, yeah. Yeah, so so this this has been a great, great experience for both um, my students and I. Yeah, that's great. How about you, Heather? Oh, I was just saying busy. I was just telling Megan, it's so busy. It seems like there's always another form to fill out another email, but <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I mean, it's an honor to be recognized as one of Georgia's top educators, and really it's just been an amazing experience to be recognized in my community for yeah my accomplishments. Take us back to that day. I want to know what it was like. Now, obviously you had applied, uh, you'd gone through the process, we had come and we'd done the classroom observation and all of that. And then it's wait time, I guess. It's just like, what's going to happen? What was your morning like? Um, well, really, I really wasn't expecting anything because Thursday when I left, I told my boss, I was like, I'm not going to come tomorrow. I'm just going to take a day off. And she said, okay, well, obviously, she knew somebody was coming, but she was going to let me have the day off. So, But she said it's because she knew me better than that. Um, so my morning was pretty chill. I came in in jeans and a T-shirt thinking nothing's going to happen. It's okay. <laughs> you didn't think you would win? Or well, you didn't know that was the day? Or? I mean, I was hoping to win, but no, I didn't realize that was the day. I okay. had marked on my – because y'all didn't give us a specific date. We <laughs> knew why. about when. And so I was thinking this is the last day that they'll come, but – no, I just, when my boss told me I could take the day off, I was yeah, like, kind well, of I'm not winning. <laughs> right. And the kids, what was their reaction? I don't think they really understood, understood what was going on. Cause, you know, they had just started when it was like, surprise, your teacher's teacher of the year. And my birthday was coming up, so they thought it was my surprise birthday party. <laughs> <laughs> they were just excited. They think I have lots of money, and they're looking forward to this classroom makeover. Oh, okay. <laughs> Callie was there. Yes. Mm-hmm. Is that exciting? Is that a nice part of it? Oh, yes. Yeah. They like Callie. I love it. I've always said it doesn't really matter who comes from uh our department, as long as Callie is there, mm-hmm. that's really what they're looking for. Jonathan, how about your morning? I think you were the first stop that yes, day. He was. Well, my morning started off, I thought I was supposed to be inside of a, um, a IEP meeting. Well, that's what the principal told me. So um, while I was in the IEP meeting, they were setting up something big in the media center. Oh, boy. Which I had no clue what was going on because when I submitted my application, I'm like, okay, you know, I submitted, but no way I will win. Um, so when I was in the meeting, everybody just getting together, uh, and then they walked me down to the media center, and I see my family, um, some of my friends, all the teachers, um, right from the start, uh, the Cab County representative, and it was just an amazing feeling, uh, mm. especially to win Teacher of the Year and be labeled or named the number one or top pre-K teacher in the state of Georgia, which there's so many amazing teachers, period. In the in Georgia is huge, so to be top in the state is an amazing feeling. So it was a great moment and the one that I'll remember forever. What would you say has been the most fun for you? I know it's only been a short period. Y'all aren't even at the midway point, I don't guess. They've uh, done a lot, though. Yeah, but what's been the most fun, Heather? Um, well, I would say being invited to Stephanie Blank's suite for the Atlanta Falcons football game. <laughs> that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that's what y'all expected me to say, but no. that's what I'm going with. Because um, I'd always wanted to go to a Falcons game, and I think that whole experience would not have been possible had it not been for me win- winning Teacher of the Year. Mm-hmm. 
you don't hang with Stephanie in the Falcon <laughs> Suite on a regular basis? No. I mean, I'm willing to. If she wants to invite me back, <laughs> I will go. You're happy to do that. Jonathan, how about you? Um, the best moment for me is um, when Ferrari Simmons, who is a um, radio personality, he came into the classroom and they recorded maybe a short video of our class. So just exposing my students to different opportunities that they wouldn't get mm-hmm. if I didn't win this um, award. Mm. So having someone from the radio and giving out tickets and awards and um, prizes to my students, is because it's all about them. Because without them, I, I wouldn't be here today. So, right. So, yeah, just that, that moment when he walked into the classroom. That's great. When did you decide that, uh, or how did you decide to enter the Teacher of the Year recognition? Was it someone coming to you? Did you know about it want to do it yourself? Um, well, three years ago, my director at the time approached me with the opportunity, and that was my first ever hearing of it, which I think it was probably only the second year Mm -hmm. that you guys had done it. And like I said, I was always ready for the next challenge, so I accepted her nomination, and it was a lot of work at first. Little did I know I was going to have two more years to brush up my application. (laughs) (laughs) So by that time, I felt like, well, I'm qualified enough, and I just, you know, thought it would be pretty cool to win. (laughs) Well, it shows that it's not just a walk-in kind of thing. It (laughs) takes effort, and it does mean something, so that's, that's great. Jonathan, how about you? Well, I just so happened to um, look inside my email, and there it was, apply for Teacher of the Year. I said, well, you know, maybe I can try. So I I got on the phone with the Cal County representative. I asked, you know, what do you think? Do you think I have a chance at it? Do you believe in me? And they said yes. Um, We filled out the application, and we submitted it, and I just so happened to win. <laughs> what do you know? It didn't take another two years. No, just kidding, Heather. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I love this. So um, let's talk about the classroom. As a teacher, what challenges are unique to pre-K, and how do you address them in your classroom? Jonathan, let's start with you. Starting with me. Well, being a male, uh, the biggest challenge is first getting the parents on board because sometimes parents see a male as – a stern person. But after a while, once they see my teaching style and how loving I am with the children, doing things outside of the classroom, like going to football games and chilling competition, they, they start to fall in love with me. So mm. that's that's <laughs> my biggest biggest issue when school first starts yeah. is being accepted because it's not many males in the pre-K world. So once once they get past the initial he's a male and learn that I'm a human and also a teacher but a lover and mm-hmm. a nurturer and mm-hmm. I have my own child so once they once that part is over everything is all downhill from there. Yeah. I like that. So I hadn't mm-hmm. thought about that possibility. Heather, how about you? Well, I would say my greatest challenges are the time and the space that we have to squeeze in so many activities each day from phonological awareness, large group literacy, story time, lunch, um, all the requirements of pre-K that we have to get in each day. So pretty much as a teacher, my job matters every second of every day because every second counts. And there's a lot of emphasis on standards in pre-K. As you know, we have multiple sets of standards. Um, and you have to, before the children can learn from me, I have to form that connection and build that relationship, which for each child happens at a different rate, mm-hmm. as does any kind of learning. So, of course, individualizing for 22 diverse children is also a challenge. I can imagine. I was going to say, I know the um, 
the standard is 22 students in a pre-K classroom. Do you have 22 right now? I have in the past. My classroom is actually an inclusion classroom this year, and we have 20 children. Okay. And Jonathan, how many in your class? Yes, I have 22 students. Okay. How do you, um, let's just say, I'm trying to picture, because we're talking four-year-olds here. Um, how do you approach teaching four-year-olds? Um, what, what's the secret? Well, my secret is to find out what do they like. Mm -hmm. And once you can find the things that they like to do, you incorporate those things into your lesson. So now you have one of them. So like this year, my student loved the show PJ Masks. So if I do any lesson around PJ Masks, they are fully engaged. Yeah. So now <laughs> I have them. So it's just, just understanding your students and what they like and what they dislike. So once you find their niche, then the class rolls smooth. Mm-hmm. Clara, how about you, Heather? I would, just like he said, definitely finding what they're interested in. And this year, like, I'm always the person who has to have a plan, and I get stressed out <laughs> if I don't have a plan or if it's not going according to plan. But with so many changes and so much happening this year, I've had to adopt this it is what it is philosophy. <laughs> and I have my lesson plan, but I go in with an open mind every day. Whatever happens, happens. It's like so we're doing this today. That's, you know, that's fine. We're having fun. We're learning. <laughs> yeah. Do you both have assistant teachers yes. in yes. your classrooms? Okay. What if one child is acting up and it's just, you know, it, does that a handoff to the assistant teacher or how do you handle that? Um, well, I actually am used to taking matters into my own hands. Um, this year, I joke about having 12 assistant teachers. There's just a lot of teachers in my room this year. And with the special education teachers, um, depending on the child, sometimes I'm expected to hand off to them. But I'm a pretty much, it's my classroom, these are my children. You know, I'm not, I don't hand off to anyone yeah. who can help me. But I don't like putting a child off on. I'm going to help the child to the best of my ability. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about this idea of... Um, kind of pre-K being play with a purpose. Um, we often say, our deputy commissioner of pre-K says, if you go into a classroom and it's quiet, that's probably not a very good pre-K <laughs> classroom. Um, so we've talked about play with a purpose. What would someone notice about your classroom? What would be their big takeaways after visiting you and Warner Robins? Well, I hope that someone visited my students would see that play is the work of the child, that that is how they learned. I hope they would see that my classroom is intentionally designed um, with a variety of materials that encourage interaction and hands-on learning. And I hope they would see a balance of teacher-directed and child-directed activities because mm -hmm. I've found that I can learn more about a child and get more evidence for WSO or whatever um, <laughs> just by watching a child engaged in play rather than having them sit down and complete a task or assignment because play really opens the door for language and vocabulary development, math and problem solving, imagination, creativity, fine motor, gross motor, and um, social and emotional development. Mm -hmm. Jonathan, what's the big takeaway? Somebody comes into class, visits, Jonathan Hines, what are they going to walk out thinking? Well, the biggest takeaway from my class, I think you will see children fully engaged. Um, learning will be evident. But also the understanding of why we playing, why we are playing. Because a lot of times people just see play as, oh, they're just having fun. This is babysitting. But it's not. It's much deeper than that. Because in pre-K, that's the um, grade level where you can teach how to become social.
If you miss becoming social in pre-K, there's no other grade that will teach you that. Mm. So social skills are evident in everyday life. Um, even as an adult, we, we run into or come into contact with people who are not social. But maybe they miss pre-K. And that seemed like a far-fetched idea, but it's realistic because um, so many times we push tests and standards and making sure that students are um, um, kindergarten ready. And we miss the opportunity to help tone in on how to be social, how to solve problems. And we do that by playing. So I, I just really believe um, once you understand the reason why we play, um, you will become more cautious of the things you say or the ideas you might have about pre-K. Mm-hmm. You know, we talk uh, to kindergarten teachers a lot, and anecdotally they tell us they can tell the children that went to pre-K and those that didn't. As a pre-K teacher, can you tell if children have been exposed to some type of whether it's a mother's morning out or uh, some type of educational program? Yeah, I think so. Um, Typically, the children who have been exposed to other children in group settings um, will transition a little bit easier than children who have only been around their mom Mm -hmm. and their siblings. Mm -hmm. And, And I think that you see a lot of or not a lot, but maybe more independence and self-help skills in children who have been in those kind of group settings. Are they um, clingy at first? Maybe that first couple of days, the Ooh, kids? The, the kids the or the kid, parents? Or the parents, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, flip that either way. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, they are. But like, like um, Heather said, children who come from a structured environment before pre-K, you can tell the difference. Mm-hmm. So my goal is to advocate for students to start at three or mm. two in a structure program instead of staying at home with mom or, or a nanny. Like, put them in a structure program and get them ready for school so the transition won't be so hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, let's talk about creative lessons. Um, how do you plan creative lessons every day? Um, well, I think the most important thing is that I include the children in the planning. Like, I can just observe them and listen and see what they're interested in. I can ask them what songs, activities, books they would like to see and take their thoughts and ideas into planning <laughs> as well as um, considering their individual differences. Um, but I also fo- follow mm-hmm. other educators and pages and get ideas from there. And then, of course, who doesn't look at old lesson plans? But mm-hmm. <laughs> Go back. what worked last year? Yes, it worked before. <laughs> and you got ten years experience. Exactly, I have lots of lesson plans. Jonathan's looking back on five years. What, what are some of the more creative lessons that seem to really work with your kids? Well, with dance and movement, mm-hmm. which is a part of our curriculum, um, most of the time we just stand there. But this year, I got a little creative by making our own band. So once that time to play in the band. The students get an instrument. They get to march around the room, jump around the room. Just something different to get them moving and excited about learning. Um, Also, reading. Instead of just reading the story, a lot of times pre-K stories rhyme. So Mm -hmm. I will wrap the story with a beat. So um, they really enjoy that. So just just finding things outside of the box to bring inside the classroom to keep them engaged and um, excited about learning. Yeah. I love that. Um, I think that definitely keeps them interested and, and engaged. A uh, couple of unexpected questions, Uh-oh. and Heather, you said something that made me think about this. What's the most popular song with your kids right now? Um, probably silly, 
silly willies or oh no dancing robots dancing robots robots. okay (laughs) number one how about you jonathan um, baby shark is all. Oh, yeah. Still, <laughs> wow! It's been about a year or so. They and love it's that Still song. out there. Still. All right. What's the best book that your students? Oh, anything. Pete the cat, definitely. Okay. Mm-hmm. And llama llama is for me. That's okay. All right. <laughs> when I had kids, I used to love to read some of the rhyming Dr. Seuss books because they're so much fun. I think they're as much fun for an adult as it is yeah. for a for a child. Um, <laughs> what's the favorite thing to eat? Tomato soup and grilled cheese. Okay. Yes. Well, I mean, that's what we serve. I mean, <laughs> if, they, if they had the option of McDonald's, I'm sure that would be it. But that, as far as school goes, <laughs> mm-hmm. they like tomato the tomato soup. soup. And I'd like a tomato soup and Me grilled too. cheese right about now. Jonathan, how about your class? Pizza and strawberry milk. Ooh, mm. strawberry milk. Mm. We don't have those options. <laughs> <laughs> Got to talk to Central Georgia Tech about uh, something. I love this. Well, Jonathan, you're only the second male. You mentioned being a male pre-K teacher. You're only the second male in four years to receive this honor, by the way. Your counterpart is a gentleman named Nathan Leatherwood up in Calhoun, mm-hmm. uh, Georgia. You are the first African-American male in the history of the program which has been pointed out in lots of media. What does that distinction mean to you personally? Oh, personally, it's, it's, it's a great accomplishment. First, because, like I said, males are needed in the classroom. In the community that I'm working in, I think if more of our younger students see an African-American male in a different role other than an athlete or a rapper or entertainer, hmm. they can reach for a different goal. But how can you reach for a goal if you don't see it? So... I really, I really weigh that as being being the first African American means a great deal, not just for me, not just for my community, but for for the nation. Because I want to inspire others all around the nation to step inside the classroom and make that difference that we need. Yeah, absolutely, good answer. Um, we do want to give a quick shout out to all of our previous teachers. This is only the fourth year, but. You know, they stay in touch. I don't know if they've reached out to you guys. They, they've met some of Have them. Have you really? The okay. curriculum oh, yeah. review yeah. that they helped with. Yeah, terrific. Uh, and they're out there on our social media pages all the time. 2018, 2019, Becky Thomas Hayden and Stephanie Westhafer. 2017, 2018, Jody McNamara and Nathan Leatherwood, the aforementioned Nathan Leatherwood. <laughs> and 2016, 2017 was uh, Shani Frazier and Connie Ellington. And uh, they're all over the state. I think we need a Hall of Fame for Teachers of the Year. I think that could be really cool. One last question. You guys have been great. Um, What's your New Year's resolution for 2020? We'll play this right after the first of the new year as uh, just as a person and also as Teacher of the Year. What's your goal for for 2020? Um, Well, I'm sure I need to lose some weight. I haven't thought about it. I don't know. Go to him first. Yeah. <laughs> Jonathan, you got something? Um, my my goal as a teacher is to share my ideas and strategies with other teachers. Um, to incorporate a a classroom that is full of fun but also rigorous. Mm. Because sometimes that that is lacked in many school buildings, the the fun aspect, because we push tests so much. Map tests, milestone tests. So if you can just, you know, get the students engaged and and want to be in school, then you can push those ideas and strategies. So my my thing is just to push the um, engagement by creativity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
anything other than losing weight over there? No, I <laughs> nothing like what he said. <laughs> Probably just, I, it's been the first half of the year. We've had, um, apart from teacher of the year, we've had a lot going on um, in our classroom. The beginning of the year, my director was injured, so I had to assume her responsibilities. Oh. And then oh. my assistant teacher was injured, so <laughs> she's out, and, you know, we became an inclusion classroom. So there's just been a whole lot of changes going on, and, I mean, I joke around because I say it's just straight chaos, but um, I maybe next year I can maintain some order and some peace, <laughs> some routine, hopefully. That would be nice. <laughs> what about role models? Do you guys have role models that quickly come to mind? I know it's difficult to nail it down to just one or two, but... Uh... All those names that you read just a second ago. All those previous yes, teachers the of the year. Previous pre-K teachers of the year. Yeah, they're my new role models. <laughs> okay, well, that's good. No, I think that's great. They do keep in touch. Though. Do you have, have a teacher a of... like when you get up in front of your class? Do you have a teacher in mind in your? Well, Becky. Becky Thomas Hayes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let me read that list. Yeah. Um. No, not all. Well, I had some pretty good teachers when I was in school. Miss yeah. Becky Crockett, I know you don't know her, but she's amazing. She just retired and was put into the, I'm sure I'm saying this wrong, Houston County Hall of Fame. Oh. Um, so. Yeah. All right. Jonathan, how about you? Um, my role model will be my uh, parents mm. because they did a lot. They sacrificed a lot for me to be the person that I am today. So without them... Um, I don't think I will be sitting here with you guys talking about <laughs> That's Georgia pre-K teacher. <laughs> that is absolutely true. No question about it. Great answers. Um, Megan, it's hard to believe, but we'll be looking for new Teachers of the Year. We will. Before you know it. I was going to bring that up. So our new application for the upcoming 2020-2021 school year will be released on February 24th. So that will be on the DECAL website. <laughs> and wow. you can download it from there. <laughs> And uh, we'll go through the process that we talked about yes, before. Yes, we'll start all over again. But uh, I think these guys are pretty good, don't They you are, think? and they're both going to be involved in helping review the applications for next year's Teacher of the Year, which is a fun part of the Teacher of the Year process they get to help with. Yeah. So um, anything else we didn't cover y'all would like to talk about? No? no. <laughs> well, thanks for driving all the way up from Warner yeah, Robins thank today. You. And put us kind of a rainy day, yeah. <laughs> And Jonathan, thanks for coming over from DeKalb. Oh, no problem. Uh, enjoyed, and we're all going to be looking forward to, by the time you hear this, it probably will have already aired, but uh, Jonathan's going to be on that Kelly Clarkson show, uh, which is all over the state of Georgia, uh, but on Channel 2 here in Atlanta. We believe it's January the 13th. We're going to get Megan on The Voice. Uh, we're just going to get her. <laughs> She's going <laughs> to, you want to go on The I Voice? I don't sing, so. <laughs> and then we'll get Heather on uh, American Idol. It'll yeah, all work yeah, out. Yeah. You know, gonna... when I was um, studying for the Gays, I did do a lot of the Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. That was my practice. <laughs> I love that show. Yeah, that's a good one. Well, guys, uh, again, congratulations on being awarded this honor. It is clear how you won. I just think uh, it's great um, the influence you're going to have on young people and the fact that you take it so seriously. Yes. Um, but uh, keep up the great work and let us know how we can help. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Having us. <laughs> having us. Say that. Say that. Say that. Having us. There you go. <laughs> together. Say thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. 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 Oh, wait, what do you want me to do? Say, I don't know. Say it together. Thanks for having us. Thanks, thanks for, for having, having us. us. No, say it to like, oh like you mean it. Thanks, thanks for, for having, having us. us. There you go. I like that one. <laughs> oh my God, you guys are cracking Sorry. me up. Perfect. 
Now your questions from the water cooler. Hi, my name is Darian Watson. I work in human resources. My question for the commissioner is, what fictional place would you like to visit? Hey, Darian. Uh, that's a great question. So um, my son and I are still reading through the Harry Potter books, um, and I think Hogwarts would be a really cool place to visit. And I hope I get a little piece of that when we visit Universal Studios, where they have a lot of Harry Potter rides and attractions. Then I can give you a hint on what it might really be like. Time to give you a chance at winning a nice prize in the decal download quiz. We'll draw one name from all the correct answers to our question this week. Email your response to decal download at decal.ga.gov. Here comes the question. Name one of our two pre-K teachers of the year for 2019-2020. Name one of our two pre-K teachers of the year for 2019 and 2020. Thanks for playing and good luck. Thanks for tuning in to Decal Download. For more information, visit our website at decal.ga.gov. The conversation continues on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Pinterest. Follow Commissioner Jacobs on Twitter at C-O-M-M Jacobs.